Hi, I'm Jessica, and when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports, or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Wow, that was a big old y'all. My Arkansas is really coming out today. (laughs) So in episode 15, uh, if you have not listened to that episode, that was a while ago, but I talked about making your students feel welcome in the music room. And so that's a really good episode to listen to after you listen to this one, of course. And today in episode 61, I'm going to talk about how to build relationships with your students as the music teacher. I get asked this question a lot, and it's a little overwhelming um, having every every child in your school, some of you, some of you work at schools where there are two music teachers. Um, a lot of you are the only music teacher. You have maybe 100 students or up to 1,000 students, whatever your situation looks like, it is overwhelming trying to form a relationship with that many people, whether, you know, it's students or your colleagues or whoever, your parents in your school. Today, we're simply going to talk about your students, but it gets overwhelming. How do you do it? How do you connect with these kids when you see so many of them? So we're going to break it down today and give you some simple steps into how you can really form relationships with your students. Um, And also, I want to mention there's a blog post that goes right along with this that is in the show notes, or just simply head to my uh, thedomesticmusician.com and the search button at the bottom of my website. If you just type in relationships with students or forming relationships with students, you'll see the blog post that kind of correlates with this podcast episode. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in. The first thing, first thing I want to mention is that it takes time, okay? I feel like people forget sometimes that relationships, no matter what relationships you have in your life, take time. I'm going to give the example of like my marriage, for example. I'll just use my marriage because that's the easiest one for me to talk about. If I met my husband the first time I met him and he asked me to marry him the next day, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now I would have run for the hills, I didn't know the man. We had to get to know each other, develop a friendship, and then date and get to know each other. And then, you know, and then it developed into love. Well, the same is for your students. Whether you have seen your students for five years now, maybe you've had them all the way from kindergarten through fifth grade. Actually, that would be six years. Or you have students that are brand new to your school, or you are brand new to a school. Relationships take time. They just do. There are going to be students that if you have been at your school for a while and you've been seeing the same students, you know, coming through every year that you have not connected with for whatever reason. And let's say you've known them in kindergarten, first, second grade, and now they're a third grader. All of a sudden, this child kind of turns a corner and starts letting their guard down a little bit and you can start kind of getting to know them a little bit. So relationships take time. That's the first thing I want to say. So don't rush it right away and expect you to have a relationship with every student the first month of school because that's not realistic. And it's just going to take time. Some students, depending on their personality, 
um, will connect with you quicker than others because they just do. And also on top of that, some students will connect with you more than others because some students thrive in music and that is just where they, you know, like they just love being in music class. So for them, connecting with you comes easier. So it just takes time, okay? The second thing I want to say that is so very important in connecting with your students and forming relationships is to make it a point to learn your students' names. And you're like, uh, I have a class list of, you know, 700 to 1,000 students. How in the world am I supposed to learn their names? I promise you guys it is very possible. And just like we just talked about, it takes time. Learning the names takes time. So the easiest way to do this is to have, you know, the printed off class class names. What am I trying to say? Class list. There we go. With the names on it at, you know, your podium or whatever you use at the front of your room. And each time you have a different class come in, turn to that page of that class list and maybe put the kids in order in rows on the floor, whether you use sit spots, risers, whatever. If you just have them sitting on a carpet, have them sit maybe at first according to alphabetical order. So you can just go, okay, first name's here, second, third, fourth. If that's easier for you or... You can make a seating chart and then you'll you'll learn back to it takes time. You, it takes time to know your students and their personalities and who can't sit by who and those kind of things. Um, but once you have your seating chart, I would suggest using pencil because you'll need to erase and move kids around from time to time. Um, but put, you know, wherever they are, you just all you have to do is look down and read that student's name you know, what spot they're in. And then, you know, oh, this student's over here, what's their name? And then it's already written in a box. And so the more that you, those students come to your door, eventually you're going to, it's going to slow, slowly start learning their names. Just like anything, you know, when you're having to memorize something for a test, you can't memorize it right away. It takes time, but eventually you know it. Or the musician side of you, let's think back to college when you had to, um, you know, for your final exam for your jury, you know, if you know what I'm talking about with jury, (laughs) that's what they called it at my college, where you have to memorize what, like an hour's worth of music. There's no way you could memorize that music that quickly, right? It took time. And so what I'm trying to get at is, yes, it is possible to learn, learn your students' names. Just make a seating chart or go by the class lists that have the names on them and just slowly, maybe your goal is to learn three names each time you have that class. And then the next time after you learn three more, you'll know six names. And then the next time you'll know nine names. Or maybe your goal is five per class period to learn names. But like I said, if you've been at this particular school for a while, you'll already know a lot of the students' names. And so you'll just need to learn the new students' names. But on top of learning students' names, It's really important to learn them correctly. Don't just assume that you know how to pronounce a certain name. Ask a student if you don't know how to pronounce their name before you say it wrong. It's really important to them that you know how to say their name correctly because it shows them that you, it's just a little step in showing them that you care about them. Yes, even as little as knowing how to say their name correctly matters a lot. So the next thing I want to talk about is to have something which I call a talk to me box, okay? Other teachers may call it different things where basically all it is is 
you could even use a shoebox, you know, like the students decorate them for Halloween. You uh, to put their, I mean, not Halloween, wow, Valentine's Day to put their Valentine's in. And so you can use a box like that in your room. Maybe you put it at the front of your room wherever you keep your Kleenex and hand sanitizer. You know, a lot of times you put that by the door. And all it is is you put some paper next to it and maybe a pencil or a few pencils. And the students can leave you any kind of note because you're not going to have a lot of time to talk to them. You're the music teacher. You don't see them very often. And so if they have something they want to say to you or a question they want to ask or even just a dialogue they want to start back and forth, they can do that. They can just, you know, maybe you have in your procedures you have set up, they have five minutes when they come in, they have five minutes when they leave. So it's not constantly kids going to that box all the time to write a note, right? Um, But yeah. And so that's just an easy way for the kids to communicate with you and you take these little notes out and you can read them whether it's negative or positive feedback, questions that are asked, and then you can even tell the student, you know, in person next time you see them or write a little note back and you just hand it to that child when they come into music. It's like a simple way to communicate with your students and to build relationships that is not just based on music education, but is based on you getting to know them and them being able to feel comfortable having a dialogue with you and being comfortable leaving you a note, whatever it might be. And the next point is, like, this is exactly what I just said, is to talk about things that are unrelated to music. Yes, I'm serious. Um, Maybe it's the first five minutes of class. You are leaving time at the very beginning of class where students can tell you what they ate for dinner, what they did after school yesterday, whether it was football practice, piano lessons, went to a park. Uh, they can tell you what their what song they listened to on the way to school that morning was, tell you about their latest vacation, tell you about their pet, um, what their pet's name is, uh, whatever. Kids love to talk. Not all kids. I have my per you know, in my personal life, I have a son who does not like to talk much. But I have one that is like a blabbermouth. And so, and this is the same way with students. You're going to have some kids who are like, "Um, I'm good. I don't need to tell you anything. And some who want to talk to you all the time. So give them time. Or maybe it's just two minutes. You have time at the beginning of class to just let them tell you something. And maybe you limit it. Hey, guys, I only have time today for two or three kids to tell me something. And if you got a turn last time, we're going to let someone else have a turn. Remember, I have the talk to me box. If you don't get a turn to tell me in person, Put a little note in there, all right? So just connecting with them and letting them know that you want to talk to them. You want to get to know them as human beings, that you really do care about them as people. And let them tell you things that are unrelated to music. It's important to them. They care about it. Maybe it's not even in the music room. Maybe it's in the hallway. Maybe it's on the way back to their classroom or Maybe it's as they're lining up for waiting for their teacher to pick them up. Maybe it's after school, if you have bus duty or car duty, letting students talk to you. Maybe it's before school, before they walk into their classroom, you make it a point to visit certain points, you know, different areas of the school building, and you're just letting students talk to you or saying, good morning, how are you? Little connection points like this really, really go a long way. They really do. So another way to connect with your students is the simple way of just saying hi. (laughs) You're like, what? What I mean by this is, are your students walking into the music room and you're just scurrying around to finish? Are you waiting for them by the door? 
Are you saying the word hi? Hello. Give me a high five. How are you today? Welcome back to music. It's so good to see you today. Have an am- I'm so excited to have an amazing day in here today. Are you welcoming and inviting them into the music room and smiling and happy? Are you looking like a frazzled mess and they're kind of not knowing where to go or what's going on or, you know, they're wanting to say hi to you, but you're not there and the teacher's poking their head in the door waiting for you to come over there to get her kids. Welcoming them into your into your classroom, setting that tone for how the class time is going to go during that 45 minutes to one hour or 30 minutes, however long you see them class period really, really works well. It works really well just to say the word hi. And on top of that, I want to mention that my next point is realize that some days it's okay to not teach music. And I have touched on this in previous podcast episodes. And because sometimes here's what's going to happen. Your students will bring in things that happened at recess or the lunchroom, or maybe you're getting them right after PE if you have a weird, you know, I don't want to use the word weird, but it is kind of weird rotation, where maybe they have a couple different activities like that in a row, or specials classes, or whatever they call it at your school. Whatever it is, sometimes these kids are going to carry issues from some other place in the school building to your room, or on top of that, they're dealing with stuff a lot of times in their home life that you don't even know about, And I'm very, very passionate about this because not going into too much detail, I deal with, had as a kid, dealt with a lot of issues in my personal life at home. And so I have a very, you know, a really big heart for this. Kids bring stuff home, from home, that, you know, that they're just carrying so much on them sometimes. And so sometimes I've been known to, hey, there's a, you know, a teacher's assistant walking by. Or, you know, maybe there's someone close by that you can just pull in your classroom for even two minutes to go in the hallway without having this child, you can just tell is just down and something's up without them needing to tell you anything because maybe they need to talk to the counselor to say, hey, I just want you to know I care about you and I can tell something's bothering you. If you need to leave me a note in the talk to me box, feel free to do that. Or if you just need a hug right now, I just want you to know that I care about you and whatever you're carrying right now, I see it. And it's okay and I'm here for you. Sometimes just those words enough let them know that you care about them. Kids really do a lot of times bring so much to school. And it doesn't matter what school you work at. It doesn't matter if it's the most, you know, prestigious neighborhood in your whole entire state. That a lot of these kids still have issues you do not know about. I promise you. So when I said it's okay to sometimes stop teaching and come out to a lesson, if it's a whole class issue or you can tell there's something just, you can tell the environment in your that particular class is not what it usually is. There's something there. There's some eyes, you know, darts being shot across the room to other kids or there's, you know, like you can hear these mumbles and, you know, little, little snickers of laughing or whatever it is. Sometimes you got to just stop. Say, listen, there's something going on in here today. I am not sure what it is. It was brought into my room and we need to deal with it because what's going to happen is if you keep teaching a lesson and your students are still not present, they're physically there, but they're not mentally there. Yeah, you may get through the lesson, but are they really listening? Are they really getting anything out of that lesson? Are they going to remember the lesson? Are you going to be able to extend the lesson next time you see them? Or are they just totally needing to deal with whatever's going on in that room? 
And a lot of times it's just a matter of talking it out. Tell me what the problem is. Well, little Johnny said this to me at recess and then he has his friends backing him up and his friends are backing the other little boy up and somehow the girls even got involved in this issue or they may have their own issue and you're like okay so let's deal with it you need to say something kind let's say something kind to each other why is he bothering you what happened how did this start and you're having a class discussion like that I'm telling you guys a lot of times it'll take maybe five minutes getting it out in the open, speaking the words that need to be spoken. They deal with it, make them shake hands, make them hug it out. Yes, even the boys, which is kind of funny sometimes because they hate that. So they don't want to bring those issues into your room because they're like, Miss Presta is going to make me hug. (laughs) And then anyways, just a lot of times having open dialogue. Hey, what's a better way we could have handled this situation? What's a way to make sure we don't get so angry about that? Talk to them. Let them know you're there for them. Then A lot of times you'll be able to continue and move on the lesson and you're going to notice a happier class. Now, am I telling you to do this all the time? Of course not. You don't have time and you don't have to do it with every single class that day. But there's going to be sometimes, especially with your upper elementary kids, that they come into your room and there's just something off. And a lot of times it just has to do with when you get them and what point of the day you get the kids. I notice a lot of times the kids that come in right after recess, that's when you have a lot of the stuff come in. And so um, just deal deal with it. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. Let them know you see it, that you're aware something's up. If it's an individual that's just having a bad day, let them know, hey, just whisper in their ear, it's okay, something's up. I know you just need some time. Why don't you go sit over here and just take a break for a minute and then come back and join us when you're ready. And that way they're not pouting the whole time and getting other kids involved. All right. Um, okay, let's move on. So the next thing I want to say is You are going to have students, this goes back to the forming relationships part of thing, right? We talked earlier about how there's students who are easier to connect with than others. There's going to be those students who talk to you and love coming to music and are so excited to be there. And then you're going to have students who a lot of times they're the ones acting out. And I have another podcast episode and I can't remember what number it is. And there's a blog post about this too, about and uh, I think I named it how to how to deal with the behavior child, um, the behavior problem child in your classroom. And I don't like labeling them as that, but I didn't know what else to call it. But what I mean is a lot of times these kids who act out, they're just needing the most love. And that's the honest truth. You're going to have kids who sometimes are quiet and don't want to talk to you. But on the flip side of that, you're going to have the kids who come at, come in and they are intentionally breaking things or trying to. They are always trying to get in a fight. They are threatening you sometimes with their words. Yes, all of this has personally happened to me, so I can attest. There, a lot of times these kids, school might be the first place they have ever had structure, a routine, procedures expected of them, been told the word no. And so a lot of times they start acting out because they just it takes them a while, a little bit longer than some to realize that you do love them and care about them. And so am I saying to just let that child cause a, you know, ruckus in your room? No. No way, Jose. What I'm saying is first of all, sometimes and of course in the heat of the moment, you can't you know, you don't have time to reflect like that, but a lot of times you just need to realize that this child 
is acting a certain way sometimes because there's a hidden reason. And sometimes it just takes time to chip down that barrier that might be there causing the anger or to just make sure that you, and the episode I told you I recorded about um, what to do with these children is maybe give them a special job in your room. So if they have something to do in the room, maybe they're always your instrument passer router. Maybe you put them in the very front of the room because you want them to be next to you and you're like, hey, you know what? I really need you to go grab that off my desk. Make them feel important, even if it's the simplest of things. Maybe they're always the one walking by you in the front of the line and you get to have conversations with them as they're in line real quick. Maybe their job in the music room, because you're not going to have as many things to hand out as a regular classroom, right? But maybe you are doing something where, you know, they each get a rhythm worksheet or whatever it is that day in a pencil. Maybe this child gets to hand it out. Every single time, no. But every once in a while, you're like, hey, I really want you to help me out today. Can you do that? Or... Maybe that you you always intentionally put this child by students who are your positive kiddos, who are going to uplift them and encourage them. And in the music room, make it a point to always have the kids say say nice things to each other and uplifting words. And maybe, you know, something they like about that other child. Maybe you incorporate it into a lesson and make sure that just remember, of course, this is easier said than done. But a lot of times these kids who act out and are the ones needing the most love are not just doing it in your room. So the main thing I want to say about that too is make sure you don't take it personally. I know that's hard. I know that you are wanting to, I'm doing air quotes, fix this child. But a lot of times it's completely out of your control. So a lot of times just pray for them. Maybe not you can't in school, but pray for them when you're on your own. Maybe you're writing down notes of things you can do to help this to this child. Maybe it is, maybe they have some kind of you know um, trouble with con- controlling their body, controlling their anger issues. So you have a quiet spot where they can just go and just give them some kind of music activity to do, so they can just calm down a minute before they can come back and join you, because it'll just keep escalating and escalating and escalating. But on top of that, maybe like I said, you can slip them a sweet note. Maybe it is just even giving them a sticker. They they have to earn their own reward. Their personal reward is getting a sticker. And if they get enough stickers on their own little chart that you've set up an own little their own little behavior reward system for just that child, then they get a certain something. Okay. So brainstorm about that on your own. But I mainly wanted to say is remember that a student acting out might just need the most love. And it's hard, 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 hard to see that, especially in the moment when you have a child acting that way. But what usually ends up happening, not usually, but this has happened to me. If I keep on that child and I am consistent and I am loving and I am caring and I keep not giving up on them, you'll notice like a turnaround. It might take a few months. It might take a year or two. But this child ends up maybe sometimes being one of your best students or being a child who comes and apologizes to you and they end up knowing you love them and they want to do right for you. And that's happened so many times. Don't give up on them, okay? So let's talk about other ways to form relationships with your students. Maybe you eat lunch with the kids sometimes. 
I know that's the last thing you want to do some days is you're like, listen, I get like a 25 minute lunch break and I need that time to just be or talk to adults. I've been with kids all day. I want to have adult conversation, but maybe it's not all the time. Maybe it's just once every two weeks you pop in the lunchroom. Maybe it's even just the five, the last five minutes of your lunch break just to say hi to whoever's in there. Maybe you make it a point to go out to the playground every once in a while and just shoot basketball with some of your kids. Maybe it's, I don't know, just different ways like that where you, you know, lunch or breakfast, if you have breakfast in the classroom, or maybe it's showing up at some of their their class parties when they have them and just pop in your head and just say hello. That means a lot to them to see you outside of the music room. They just get so excited. Think about those times kids have seen you at a grocery store even. And they, first of all, I think all kids think teachers live at school, right? And so when they see you even at a grocery store, then they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's, oh my gosh, she's, she buys groceries just like I do. <laughs> so just make it a point to have them see you, um, whether it's in the lunchroom or not, different places beside the school building. And um, two more things. The second to last thing I want to say is care about what your students care about. So we talked about that already, to talk about things unrelated to music education or like dinner and things like that. But also make it a point to care about the music your students care about. There is... A lot of kids, I feel like, who think, you know, the music that they like doesn't have anything to do with music class. They kind of, like, don't um, feel like you care about their music. They they think, like, if they like hip-hop or country or uh, pop music or whatever else it is, they don't feel like they can relate to you in that aspect, okay? So making it a point sometimes to say, hey, who do you guys like listening to nowadays? And they're looking at you like, what? And then, you know, and then you have a conversation around it. Um, One of my favorite things I ever did with my students was the very last week of school, one of the last days of school, Beyonce had at that time a uh, dance she did to move your body. And we, the whole school, every single class I worked with it on them, worked with them on it. And we did that. We surprised and well, I'm sure a lot of the kids had like spilled the beans already, but we surprised everyone at one of the like field day. We had everybody come in and we surprised them and did the dance together all together. Now doing that with my kids, I mean, that was obviously at the end of the school year, but they loved it because it was a song that they could relate to. They all loved Beyonce. I worked in a very urban school and they they loved that I did the dance with them because it was just so much fun. So don't be afraid to listen to this, you know, or like or talk about the music that your students connect with and like to listen to outside of the school building. Because you need to, you know, let them know that music is music. The, you know, when you're listening to music, hey, did you identify rhythms in that? Did you know that your that music has steady beat? Did you know that they wrote it with a song first? Or did you know, before they put words to it and they just talk about it. Hey, did you notice that the order, you know, the way the song goes, did you pick out the chorus? Do you know where the verses are? And then they're like, oh, wow. Then they're going to realize, I didn't know I could do that to the songs I listen to as well. Make sure you talk about things they care about when it comes to music as well. And the last thing I want to say is we already talked about you can say hi and welcome to the music room, but positive reinforcement with your words really goes a long way. So even if it's in the middle of class time and you're, you know, maybe there's one of these kids who's not one of your biggest participators or they're just kind of like ho-humming through the motions of a song or a different movement activity or folk song you're doing, you know, folk dance, and 
you see them really participating that day. I've obviously done a bear some because a lot of times if you call those students out for doing something good, they're going to be like, oh, and they're going to shut down because they don't want to be called out. Maybe you're just like behind their back whispering in their ear, you're doing a great job today. And then you see them smile and they carry on and nobody else knows what you said to them. It's positive reinforcement, you guys. It goes so far. Or maybe it is that class that had a hard time and you had a stop class time to talk to them. And the next time they come in, they're doing an amazing job. And you're not only getting through your whole lesson you had planned, but you're finishing up the one you didn't finish the time before because they're just on it that day. And you're, you're telling them, you guys are doing amazing. We are doing great teamwork in here today and see how much we can get done when we all, you know, cooperate together as a team and we're not in here fighting and just positive reinforcement with your words. Make sure you stay an encourager. Make sure you stay positive. Make sure if the students are driving you crazy, they don't let you see it. Make sure if you have a student that was really hard and you feel like you're you're driving them crying that day, just save it, bottle it in, turn around and, you know, make a face to yourself if you need to without them seeing that they're getting to you. Positive, positive, positive words go so far. They go so far. You might be the only positive words of encouragement that child has heard all day or all week. You never know the difference you're making in these students' lives. You really don't because you can't see it right away sometimes, but you are planting seeds that you don't even know about. And the more positive you are with these kids, the more they're going to want to do what you want them to do in music class. They're going to want to participate. They are going to be so excited about coming to your room. And it's not just because it's about learning music, but it's because of you, because they connect with you. They're excited to be there. They um, love the way that you make them feel and that, you know, inside they get so excited to hear those words of positive encouragement. And then they get excited about what they're going to learn that day because you are positive and excited and happy to be there, which makes them feel the same way. Does that make sense? Think about you. Maybe we're going to go back to college for a little bit. So whether it was last year for you or 20 years ago, think about those professors. Think about those different classes you were in and you didn't want to be there sometimes because they just were like robot, you know, or they were constantly negative about everything. But on the flip side of that, or even think about your elementary teachers or your middle school or high school teachers. It doesn't have to just be college. Think about those teachers you had who were positive and excited to be there and were encouraging to you. You probably, those are the teachers you remember, right? And so that's what I'm trying to say. Positive reinforcement goes along way. So let's wrap this up real quick because I said a lot. So I'm going to quickly go back through everything since there was a lot said. Okay. But a lot of these will be in the, I'm um, not a lot of these, this will be in the show notes as well. Okay. And that blog post I talked about on top of that. So relationships take time. Number two, make it a point to learn your students' names. Number three, have a talk to me box in your classroom or whatever you want to call that. Number four, talk about things with your students unrelated to music. Number five, make it a point to say hi and to welcome them. Number six, some days it's okay to stop teaching and come back to that lesson if it's a whole class thing you need to deal with. Number seven, show them you care more about them than just teaching music. Number eight, Remember that the students acting out might be the ones who need the most love. 
Number nine, make it a point for them to see you other places in the music room, whether it's the lunchroom, um, breakfast time, class parties, wherever that is. And number 10, care about what they care about when it comes to their music they like. And number 11 is positive reinforcement with your words go a long way. So with that said, don't give up on forming relationships with your students. You can do this. I promise you, you've got this. You are a unique teacher with a unique perspective and a unique classroom. And no one else can teach your students the way that you can. You've got this. You are going to do an amazing job forming a relationship with your students. And if you got something from this episode, I would love for you to tag me on Instagram at Jessica Peresta and let me know what you think about it. Share it with your friends that you know that need this. And I will be back on here next week. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.